0: Those in early adulthood, especially students in college, are often plagued by questions about love, money, friends, and the future. In response, we often go searching for advice. How do I handle my terrible roommate? What classes should I absolutely avoid? Why can't I focus for more than a minute? There's so many questions, but who has good answers? Hi, and welcome to the Communiqué Dart, the podcast produced by Chatham's student-run media outlet, The Communiqué. My name's Alice Crow, and in this episode of the podcast, staff writer Kat Kuhn interviews opinion editor Abigail Hakus as they attempt to answer some of the most common college questions curated by the staff of The Communiqué.
1: Hey, all. Welcome to the first episode of Chatham Chats, where... We answer your life or death questions. Not really. Please don't send us life or death questions because I'm not going to know what to say to you. Um, my name is Kat. I'm a staff writer at the Communique. I am one credit away from being a junior because that's how transferring goes these days. But I'm technically a junior. So.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Abigail Hakus. I'm the opinion editor at the Communique, and this is my second year here.
1: All right. So we're going to start out with some some burning questions asked by the people of chatham university and number one i think it's something that we've all we've all been through at least once but number question one is how do you make friends in college and what do you do if you have no friends you have any
2: immediate thoughts on this topic so many um (laughs) my first year here i don't think i made any friends i was very nervous and i was homeschooled on my life so coming to chatham was pretty intimidating But I think the best thing you can do is join a student org or a club. That's how I got into the communique. And that really helped because it made making friends feel productive. It made me feel like I wanted to make friends because it was a part of my work and it was something I was passionate about. So joining a club you're passionate about can really help you make those connections because you have a built-in shared interest with people.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's, I mean, I just transferred this semester, fun fact, so I'm still kind of in that era of making friends at college now and yeah it's just like joining a student org like I'm at the communique now so I did the exact same thing and then also like just like talk to people like worst case scenario if you go up to someone and you say oh I like your outfit and worst case scenario if they're being mean to you about it like that's their problem
0: Mm -hmm. like
1: go and talk to people like talk to someone who interests you like ask people who are in the same class as you like how they're doing on homework and if anyone's like being rude to you or doesn't want to talk to you then like all right that's their loss go find someone else who will talk to you that's that's my advice on it what organization and time management systems do you use and why do you use them you go first because this this is a complicated answer from me because I have like five
2: systems I think I might be the opposite of you for my Honestly until this semester I had no proper system I would I had a, a notebook my first semester that said schemes on it and I would just write down whatever homework I had and then when it was due and I'd cross it off Nice. So that was how I like kept myself from forgetting things. But mostly I just use like the built-in phone calendar. This semester I've downloaded my study life and I found that that's pretty helpful. What's my study? Li- I've never heard of that. What is it? So it's a, a, it's a website and you can basically just input your classes and then all assignments and exams into there. I know you're going to love this. Dude,
1: I, I know you see my face. I'm like, yo, like anything where I can fill something out and be like, this is everything you have to do in the next month. I'd be so happy.
2: Honestly though, I think it's just a matter of keeping track of what you have to do. I feel like that makes the work seem much less daunting. Yeah. Like if I'm stressed about my workload, all I do is sit down and just write everything I have to do that day. And it makes it it makes it so much easier to get things done.
1: Yeah, I know personally like I I have ADHD, so learning to organize in college was kind of like it was hit or miss for me because I did really well in high school and then I think this is an experience with a lot of kids who like did well in high school and then got to college and then the adhd hit like it was weird it was definitely like an adjustment period to just the workload of college and also like you don't have this structured eight hour day anymore coming out of high school you have to like get to these classes for 50 minutes then you have these like two hour breaks between and it can be really hard for people with adhd so really like my best advice is obviously yeah like as soon as someone tells you about something you have to do or you remember something or you think oh i need to buy this i need to do this write it down do not ever trust your brain to remember because i'll tell you right now if you have adhd your brain is not gonna remember it remember it mine never does um write it down and then personally yeah like i use i use google calendar just because like it'll notify me half an hour before i have something So if I'm like home and I completely forgot I have therapy or something, I'll get the little, you have therapy in 30 minutes notification. I'm like, oh my God, I have to get to the 71B. But yeah, that and then also my advice for people who are like me and who are perfectionists with like writing things down in organization, like just use a digital, use a digital planner if you have an issue with that. Because I know I get so mad if I'm like running out of space in my physical planner. I'm like, this isn't even and I'm going to start crying. But That's why I use digital planners. Also, I feel like it's easier to, like, swap things around. Like, Mm -hmm. if you have, like, I had to do this homework today, but, like, I'm actually going to not have time. I'm going to have to do it tomorrow. Then that's easier to kind of swap. So I I personally use digital, digital planners. I use Notion, but that can kind of have a weird learning curve. So if you don't like Notion, just use, like, you can even just use a note on your phone. But, yeah, and write down everything. And also, if you have to do something when you get home, back to your dorm or something, keep your shoes on until you have it done it's a it's a psych a psychology thing yeah next question what are the worst mistakes you can make during your your freshman year of college honestly go to college no i'm kidding (laughs) i'm joking
2: i'm joking don't
1: don't take down this child please okay go
2: i think the worst mistakes you can make in your freshman year i mean you'd have to mess up really bad. I was gonna say because I know anything terrible
1: I messed up my sophomore year of college and I'm still doing fine so I feel like freshman year like you don't have to worry
2: about it but yeah you can't
1: really mess mess it up
2: that badly
1: I feel like the worst mistake I'm gonna go for my sophomore year because my freshman year I went to Smith and it was completely online so I was just home um but I know my my sophomore year I'd say my worst mistakes what my worst mistake personally was just Um, procrastinating I got really I got kind of in this cycle of like avoidance with everything I had to do um which you know like I'm so for you know what live your life go do some fun things every now and then I think that's also if you're a freshman year of college you're not doing anything Mm -hmm. like that's also going to be hard because then you're going to feel like you you missed out a little but also don't get into the cycle of like oh I know I have this essay to do But I also kind of want to go out with my friends. Like, do the essay. Like, you're going to thank yourself. And if once you start getting into that cycle of, like, avoiding what you have to do, it's so hard to break out of it. Like, once you get into that pattern.
2: Yeah. I think the biggest thing for your freshman year, you're making a big adjustment to college. You might be living somewhere new for the first time away from your family. I would say the biggest mistake you can make is not having a good balance yeah I like to think of uh, life in three categories work love and play so work is school really I mean it's school it's making money play is it's just that
1: grind that, that you're grind. staying on
2: <laughs> play is anything that j- brings you joy and then love is socializing so you really have to keep those three things in mind during your freshman year and honestly every year of your life even mm-hmm. outside of college and how you balance those three I think if you've got a good balance, you're probably going to do good in your first year.
1: Yeah, and also, like, be nice to yourself. Like, we're all adjusting. I Mm. still have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm 21 years old. And trust me, like, we're still figuring it out. And you probably always will be to some degree. Life isn't just an arc of learning, and then you stay stagnant. Like, that would be so boring. Imagine if you reach, like, 25 and then you didn't change at all for the rest of your life. You have to be nice to yourself. You're going to mess up your freshman year. You're going to do stuff that you regret. You're going to, like, maybe not have the grades you envisioned for your freshman year of college. But you know what? You're still really, really young. You're 18. I remember when I was 18 and my, like, vision for what I thought my life was going to be. And, like, I'm literally, like in a different college in a different state like living by myself like no one you don't know what's gonna happen so be nice to yourself if you mess up don't don't be too hard on yourself you're gonna get you're gonna deal with it and you're gonna learn from it Mm -hmm. and that's
2: what's important life is all about learning and change your major at least once that's i've changed my major
1: five times if you are in your freshman year and you have a major you're not gonna keep it i'm sorry (laughs) but it's better for you i was i was like a bio major
2: Mm-hmm. And then I was a business writing. major.
1: Oh my god, I was a business major at Pitt. Isn't that horrifying? <laughs> Imagine me in like economics. I hated it. Um. Okay, next red flags for professors. I don't know. You you have to go first on this. I you have to get my memory so many. Okay, you're um, like I'm ready.
2: Oh yeah. I think honestly, there's professors will tell you things. The first, like just when they go over the syllabus, they'll reveal a lot. Mm-hmm. So if a professor says something like. I'm gonna give you work over spring break. Huge red flag. Any work over breaks, I think, is a red flag because professors will ask you to respect their time, but sometimes they won't respect your time. I think that's really big. Mm -hmm. Um, Refusing to post slides, I think, is a big red flag. Um, What else? I, I
1: can't. Sometimes I just like zone out in class for like. Sometimes you're just gonna like miss half a period, and it's just gonna happen. And if they're not posting the slides, then you're you're never gonna catch up.
2: And I think like it's so. It's so easy to, to just, like, put it up. It's yeah. so difficult to take notes and actively listen to the professor. So, like, I have to choose one or the other. I'm either taking notes that I'll have to study later, or I'm going to actively listen and absorb more information that way. So posting the slides, if they don't do it, that's a red flag. Any professor who says, I don't give out A's, huge red flag. That's so bad.
1: Yeah. Also, um, I would say if they have a really harsh attendance policy, like, personally... There are days where I'm just not gonna make it. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's gonna happen to everyone, whether it's like a mental health thing, if you get sick, especially nowadays, we all have to be taking care of ourselves. If you're sick, do not come to class, just don't. And if a professor is like day one syllabus telling you that they have a really harsh attendance policy, and if you don't show up to class, you like lose like 20% or something like that, at least, I mean, know yourself if you think you're gonna be fine, whatever. But I personally know that there are days where I'm gonna wake up and be like, there is no way. I am going to Education 104 right now. That's just not happening.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think really a kind professor is a good professor in most yeah. cases. And I feel I like
1: think... Chatham is really nice professor for I the most agree. part. I've Coming had... from Pitt, not no shade to Pitt professors because there's so many of them, and I had some great professors there. But like Chatham's just very like people here like want to help you. Like you have so many resources. Like you have advisors. You have like eight advisors. You have professors. You've got all these set you've got the OA the OR OAR or. you or that one yeah you got that and they're great i love them they're so nice and they have all these workshops for you and like just ask for help when you need it ask for help and yeah like
2: in my experience professors are so ready to help you oh like, yeah i every class i have where there's an essay i go to the professor and i ask can you look over my essay before i submit it and i've never had a professor say no like by and large the professors here are kind okay and wait
1: want i'm gonna help. do that
2: i haven't I, done that wait I need, I need them to do that because like i always get
1: i feel like i write it and then i'm like i can't look at this anymore
2: and i like can't give myself feedback
1: but yeah you got anything else about professors in your head
2: I mean, biggest green flag is when they tell you wild conspiracy theories. Every professor I've had that does that turned out to be a genius. What's the
1: weirdest conspiracy theory you've heard
0: from oh a professor? Okay,
2: so I had a really, really fun English professor, and he was totally normal most of the time. Most and of the time. last class, we had already finished all our work, so he just let slip that he thinks... Uh, the planes that hit nine eleven, like hit during nine eleven, were holograms. and Holograms. Really I know, but like he was such a good professor in every other aspect, and I found that every single professor I've had that had just some weird, wild, insane conspiracy theory was also a really good professor.
1: Honestly, what it is. that's so funny. He, you got through the whole semester. The last day, he just dropped, dropped it on us. on you. That's messed up. But I love it. Honestly, you're probably right. Okay. Next question, what's the best
2: way to make money in college? I'm a big advocate for gig work. I think it's really underrated. But the tricky thing is you have to have some sort of marketable talent. And honestly, marketing yourself is the hardest part. And it's not a fun thing to do in college. But I do like a bit of editing, a bit of content creation. I've helped people with their content. And so that's a way I've made money throughout college. It's also
1: good for like resumes and portfolios too. Especially if it's like aligns with whatever you think you might want to do in life
2: honestly if you can get like a part-time job or do some gig work that fits into your major that is going to be such a boon on your resume like that's a great way to make money and also be buffing out like your strengths and weaknesses
1: yeah also like if you're going to look for a job outside of like or like kind of like a part-time job or something um best option uh low value low effort high value low effort high reward um restaurant work and you're gonna have to have a tough skin, like a like thick skin, because I had friends who worked at the church brew works and, and their stories. Oh my god. People are crazy. People who come to restaurants are crazy. But that is you're gonna get the most money, especially if you're working like weekend nights, like Friday nights or like Sunday mornings or something. If you go work at Pamela's on a Sunday morning, you are going, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be the hardest, Not maybe not the hardest, but it's going to be a wild five hours. But you know what? When you're like so distracted at work because it's so busy, it goes by so fast and then you're going to get tips. And if you seat some big tables and they're nice and you talk them up a little, like you're going to get some good tips. And I think that's like the quickest way to make a lot of money. But if you have weird class schedules, you can't really get to a restaurant from school super easy, especially with like the Port Authority being the absolute disaster it can be. Love you, Pittsburgh. Um, I'd say on-campus jobs are great. Handshake has all those listed. You get those. Read the emails that were. I know we're all deleting the Handshake emails. I see you. I understand. Just look over them because maybe you'll find a job you like and. You don't have to look over all of them, but if you see something like on-campus jobs, part-time jobs that you may enjoy, just click on it. It takes you, like, five seconds. You're spending that much time on TikTok. Like, you can, like, take a break from that. Anyways, um, that, also, um, just, like, odd jobs and stuff. Like, if you like making, I don't know, if you're, like, a friendship bracelet maker, just make an Instagram for it. Like, start selling it on campus. Just, like, sell whatever little things you do during your day
2: clothes so many opportunities to sell things on oh campus my God, too. Yeah. so many art fairs oh yeah
1: like what is it chadamala mode like the fashion yes. club they're doing an
2: art fair if you're an
1: artist and you have art that you want to put out talk to them like they have like markets and you can sell your art and i don't know i love to buy more art like because i'm not an artist so anyone who draws something pretty like i'm gonna buy it and i'm gonna put it on my wall because i can't do it myself so, I think that there's a great market for that, especially at Chatham. Mm-hmm. You see all these artsy kids walking around campus? Like, they're going to buy your stuff, I swear. I'll buy your stuff. Come talk to me personally. I'll buy <laughs> it. Okay. Should we move on to, to the last one? Oh, this is my favorite. This was my I'm so excited <laughs> to answer this question. Um, we're, we're talking about dating. The college dating scene is a disaster. Here's the question. Who should you avoid dating in college, and how do you find good people to date?
2: Ooh, this is such a loaded question. I
1: know. I feel like...
2: <laughs> I have also not done any dating in college. So oh, I've like... done
1: way too much. <laughs> I'm taken now. Um, finally, thank God, found found one that stayed. I pinned him down really fast. Just kidding, guys. It also depends on, like, what you're looking for from a mm-hmm, relationship. If you looking
2: for, like, just a short-term yeah, thing or a long-term honestly, thing. Honestly,
1: like, there's nothing wrong with looking for a short-term thing. There's nothing wrong with looking for, like, a friends with benefits situation. You just have to be honest with yourself and honest with your partner. Um, I guess if you're going for, like, dating, like, you want to, like, have a committed relationship with this person at some point, I'd say avoid dating, um, people who only, like, talk to you at, like, parties or something. Like, they don't really, they don't really, or not even parties, like, someone who will, like, talk to you and then when you're in person, like, just won't. You know, like, someone will text you and be like, hey, it's 2 a.m., WID, girl. Like, hope you're doing well. But then, like, you walk past them on campus and they're, like, straight <laughs> past you. Like, don't, don't, just not worth it, you know? You want someone who, like, likes you. And also, if you feel like you have to change yourself for someone, like, if you feel like, you know, you're talking to this person and they're, like, you feel like you have to kind of change yourself or almost downplay yourself or upplay yourself in any way like if you feel like you need to be quiet for someone I would feel this a lot because I'm very loud and sometimes I feel like I was too much for these people I was dating Mm -hmm. so I try to like tone myself down if you're going to be in a relationship with person this person for like however long and you have to tone yourself down for the whole time you're dating them you're going to get so bored and it's not you like you don't want to be dating someone who like isn't getting the full picture of who you are Mm Mm-hmm. Also, I'm trying to think.
2: I think proximity is important, too. Like, you really have to consider, especially at a small school like Chatham, are you going to be running into this person if you break up? I went to Pitt,
1: and I would run into people. Like, and Pitt's huge. And it was, like, sometimes I felt like every – like, I would be trying to get from, like, the Cathedral of Learning to, like, the Starbucks, and I would run into, like, three failed talking stages, one (laughs) ex, one dude who looked at me weird at a party, and then I thought about him for five months because I was really lonely. (laughs) like that's just how it like it's just gonna be like that like yeah proximity I mean if you find someone you really like at Chatham go for it but also keep in mind that once you have like a class with them in the next semester and you stop talking that's gonna be really fun
2: I think like the biggest red flag though overall for like any relationship even platonic is like if they just don't respect your needs and wishes yeah and they don't talk to you or like they don't communicate with you and like consent comes in so early into a relationship way before anything intimate happens like you can tell if someone respects you and your needs if you're at a party and you say, oh, no, I'm not really looking to drink and they push that on you, that's them not being like not respecting your wishes. And I think that's like the biggest red flag. Don't date anyone. Don't be friends with anyone who doesn't respect what you're saying.
1: Exactly. You need to date someone no matter what kind of relationship it is, no matter if it's just even like just friends with benefits and nothing else. You need to be with someone who respects you and who listens to what you're saying and who is also communicative with what they their needs are in a relationship i mean i guess the same thing with like finding friends like common interests are great Uh like if you like music go to shows um i can't guarantee the quality of most of the men you'll find at house shows in pittsburgh (laughs) but it'll still be you'll meet people like go to like coffee shops go to bookstores go to the museum go to the park go draw go do like events that like you hear around pittsburgh and like go meet people talk to people find people who have a common interest with you and then also stay off tinder i really (laughs) I think that, at least personally, I can't speak, if you met someone, if you met the love of your life on Bumble, you amaze me. Like, that's something that at least I know I personally can't do because I think that a lot of, like, social media and dating apps kind of brings you down to this idea of, like, instant gratification with dating. And I know that when I was on Tinder, it was because it was almost like I was trying to crowdsource validation from people because it's like, you know, you kind of get a little rush of, like, adrenaline or like oxytocin or whatever the hell it is when someone like swipes right on you and you match and you're like oh this cute boy also thinks i'm cute but like i get only
2: instant anxiety if if you've seen me create five different bumble profiles over the course of a year no (laughs) you didn't Really, like, dating when you're, like, this age is always going to be exas- messy a disaster. No, terrible. that's the thing. It
1: can be really messy, and you know what? That's just how it is. And once you're past the really messy stage and you find someone who you really like, you're going to be so glad that everything that didn't work out didn't work out. Mm-hmm. We're really ranting about this one. Finding good people. Good luck. <laughs> Took me a while. You'll get there, though. And we love you. So even if you can't find a boyfriend, the chat of Communique will be your, your boyfriend <laughs> or girlfriend. <laughs> Read our print issue (laughs) when it comes out. (laughs)
2: This is the worst outro ever. My
1: outro is... Stay real, Chatham. See you soon.
2: And mine is stay fake, Chatham. Stay fake! (laughs) Let's go.
0: Thank you to the students and faculty who helped with the production of this episode. And thank you to the listeners. Subscribe to the Communique Dart wherever you listen to podcasts and visit our website, chathamcommunique.com, for more stories. Lastly, do you have any questions for Cham Chats? Need any advice? If so, your question could be featured anonymously on a future episode of Cham Chats. You can message us on Instagram at communique underscore cu or email our opinion editor at abigail.hakis at chatham.edu. Thank you.